to Influencer Summit. And I'm so excited. This is actually my very first time I have gotten to interview her. She is somebody who uh, we welcomed into my sort of my, my, my mastermind of, of friends in this last year and is somebody who, if you've been on Instagram at all and in our industry, you've been seeing rocking it. Um, she goes by the handle of Boss Babes and um, Natalie Ellis is here with us here today to light us up and tell us a lot about what she's learned in putting herself out there and building a huge worldwide community with millions of fans and followers but also having the ability to do all of that and build a business that is crushing it right now in this space. And so, Natalie, are you on? I can't see you yet. I'm here. I'm here. Thank hey, you so Natalie. much. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited to have you here. It's going to be great. Oh, my gosh. I haven't seen you in, it feels like, nine years, but I guess it was February, huh? <laughs> I mean, I feel like 2020 has felt like 10 years. <laughs> it's been a long year it's been a long year you've been doing a great job uh throughout this time i'd love for you to chat about um your journey into starting boss Base because you know it uh everyone here has an idea and has a concept uh or or is searching for that and then to like operationalize it and make it happen is a whole other conversation and it's nerve-wracking it's uh stressful and we're going to talk about some of that mental health aspect of things, too, of how you manage it all. Uh, but I'd love to start with just, like, how, how, how did you conceive of Boss Babes and, and get into it? So, for me, it actually started when I was really young. So, um, my childhood, I grew up, you know, my mom was a single mom, and she got into this relationship that, looking back, I felt like she almost needed to be in. Um, because she was so financially unstable. There were weeks where she could barely afford to put food on the table. And she got into this relationship, which ended up turning really toxic, really violent. Um, and there was a lot of drug, substance abuse, domestic abuse involved. And, you know, that went on throughout my childhood. And I actually moved out of my mum's um, house when I was 13. And I moved in with my grandparents. And at the time, I couldn't understand why she was staying in this relationship. It just didn't make sense to me. And I remember moving out of home at 13 and I moved to my new school. And in my new school, there was a careers day. And, you know, all day long, there were people coming in with these amazing jobs, doctors, nurses, you know, teachers, so many incredible jobs. And I was looking to them for inspiration, but something wasn't connecting for me. I, I couldn't understand why. And final career um, person of the day came in ready to present and everyone was kind of sleepy and unsure. And she walks in like a boss, high heels, handbag. She puts it down and she starts telling her story and she starts it with, I was sitting on the stairs one night with a glass of wine in my hand and instantly my mind went back to my mum because of the amount of times I'd seen her sitting on the stairs, glass of wine in hand, crying. So I'm like, I'm interested because where I'm from, you don't talk about what goes on behind closed doors. You don't talk about what's happening at home. And so to hear someone talking about this in front of people just blew my mind. So I leaned in and I listened and she was talking about how she went through a painful divorce and she had children and she had absolutely no money after this divorce and she didn't know what she was going to do. She'd been out of the workforce for so long and the only thing she could think to do was start a company. She was like, you know, I'm used to throwing birthday parties. I'm just going to start a company and see what happens. And she started telling this story about starting this business and how it grew to be this really big events company back home in the UK and how that gave her so much financial independence and that gave her so much independence in her life. And something just resonated really deeply with me. And I remember thinking, what if my mum had, you know, found something like that, found a business she could start, something where she could get that financial independence, where she maybe felt like she could leave this really toxic relationship, would things have been different? And from that moment on, I kind of 
understood what the word entrepreneurship meant and I felt like it was always in me like I was always that kid that was starting things and selling things at school mainly because I had no money but it was always there and from that day on I think I was 14 at the time I I heard the word entrepreneur and I was like that's what I'm gonna do and I never wanted to be in that position where I didn't have financial resources and I never wanted to see, especially women, other women in that position. And so I thought, okay, if I can figure this thing out, if I can start a business and make my own money, then surely I can go teach other women how to do the same thing. And so at 14, I taught myself how to build websites and I started my own website company. And since that age, I've kind of, I had these small businesses, projects that I was just starting and loving. Like I really loved that creative process. And then I decided to go to university and I did that because, you know, the people around me, people in my family hadn't gone to university and, and looking at, you know, the way they'd struggled to get their careers off the ground. I thought, well, maybe this is the path for me. Maybe this is the only way that I'm going to figure it out. And whilst I don't think that it's the only way, what it did for me was take me out of my environment and surround me with people that thought differently. People who were talking about big ideas and concepts and just the kind of conversation that I'd never been around before. And it was incredible for me. And I I went into university and I was in so much student debt. I was working a full-time job and a part-time job and university to try and get through it. And towards the end of my degree, I got offered um, an amazing corporate job with one of the biggest consulting companies in the world. And the sign-on bonus would have paid off all of my student debt. It was this amazing salary. I would have gotten the chance to move to London, which is such a big move considering, you know, it's only the top to the bottom of England. That was such a big move. And everyone around me thought that I should have taken this job and something didn't feel right. But I had absolutely no other plan. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to call this company. I'm going to say, just give me a year. Give me a year to go out there and experiment and see if I can create something. And if I can't, then I'll come and do the job. And they were amazing. They were like, yeah, go do you for a year. They clearly thought she'll be back. So I went away and I, um, one thing that I decided I would do was start um, a health food company because I was interested in health and that's all I had. I was like, you know, I'm interested in health. And that's kind of the only idea that I've got that seems to stick. So let me just go try it. Um, And so I had this idea to start creating supplements that I would sell. And I thought, you know, what? I've got the idea. It's going to take me just a couple of months to get up and running and I can get started. And it actually took me 12 months to go from idea to actually having a physical product I could sell. And in that 12 Which months, isn't bad, by the way, we can do it faster now, but that's not bad. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not bad. But for me, I was like, it's only going to take a couple of months. You know, I can support myself for a couple of months, but it, it ended up taking so long. And so one thing that I'd been doing while I was setting this company up was social media. I was starting to build a following for this brand that I was going to be launching. And I, you know, I was trying to earn money on the side too. So I remember asking a few of my friends who were, you know, in the coaching space and service space, can I do your Instagram for you? And the amount of people that would say to me, why? This seems pointless. It's just the kids that are on Instagram. And you and I both know Nick Pigeon. Nick Pigeon was the first person who said to me, you know what? Fine. I'll, I'll pay you $30, $30 a week. Go and do it. I'm like, great. I'll work with that. I can, I can do that. And I started doing her Instagram and then slowly other people were seeing what I was doing. And so I started doing Instagram for people. So whilst I was, you know, growing this following for this brand, I was also doing social media for other people. And then, you know, I finally launched this product and we had already around 10,000 followers on social media and we started shipping to over 60 countries. I got a call from, um, Boots, which is the equivalent of Walgreens in the US. I don't know if anyone knows Boots, but they called yeah. me. They're like, we want to stock this product in every store we have across the UK and Ireland because we saw your Instagram. And the business really took off. And I felt everything was going really well. But I felt like I was drowning because, you know, I was just this kid out of school. I didn't know about cash flow. I didn't know about funding retail orders. I didn't even know how to put a barcode on a product. Like I knew really nothing. I was just flying by the sea of Google. I just didn't know what I was doing. And I, it just started to get lonelier and lonelier as I was doing this. And one thing that I just kept wishing for was I wish I could find people like me doing what I'm doing. And, you know, my friends from school, they were all taking graduate jobs. My family had no idea. I didn't really know many of the entrepreneurs. And that's where the 
idea of boss babe came from it was okay i need to meet other women doing this and i need to learn from some experts because i have no idea what i'm doing and so we started the instagram account and we were like let's put together this program where people can come in monthly for at the time it was like nine dollars a month and we'll bring in experts that I really want to learn from and we'll all learn from them at the same time. We'll have this amazing community and we, we can just, you know, support each other through this. And that's really how it started. It was just me trying to do this other business while trying to find support and knowledge and bringing it together. And then the minute I started it, something clicked where I realized this is what I really wanted to do. And it really goes back to that at the beginning where I just know if someone like my mum had this opportunity, this support, this insight, things would have been different. And I want to really take a stand for women and take a stand for financial independence and take a stand for ambition. I really believe that you can be unapologetically ambitious and there's nothing wrong with it. And, yes. and it's really evolved since then from that simple idea. I love that. I love that. I want to echo a few things she said because I think it's so important, which is first, she just was trying things out and trying to add value to people. She worked with Nick, as she heard, um, who we love, and she just tried to test out skills and was learning her skills and then applied it to something that she was passionate about. And I feel the same way too. I want to echo this idea that you all should have ambition for what's possible in this industry. People are so scared of that word and that phrase, but whether you call it desire or hunger or ambition or just genuine enthusiasm to achieve great things, that should pull you up each day. Like if, you're, if, if you don't feel pulled up each day, it's because you're not tapping into your goals and looking at your ambitions each day and allowing yourself to believe that those things are possible. And that might be because the community you have isn't supporting that, or you don't have that community yet. And that's what Natalie did is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I don't have that. I wish I had that. I'm going to build that community myself. And that's a big thing. Everyone listen to this. You are a community builder. Stop thinking that one day you'll find the community and you'll lift. She basically built the community that did lift her up and did give that insight. And I think that's why one reason like boss babe is so brilliant and why it grew so super fast is because it's like, we're building this community together because we all need it. We need this. She doesn't say, I don't need this because I'm Natalie Ellis and she's capable and smart and amazing, which she is, but she, she doesn't rest on that. She goes, I need this. I need this. I see her post all the time. It's like, oh, I had a tough day or I'm struggling here or I did this because of these reasons. And it's just been so powerful to watch Natalie. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and it really goes for everyone. Just like you're saying, a community isn't millions of people. A community is just a few people around you that are all, you know, working towards the same thing that are willing to jump in and help each other. And that's, I think, where so many amazing ideas and partnerships are born. I love that. When you think about what has worked with building, and I want to focus on a couple, two, two things probably with you in this call, like I think would really aim them well is one, building a huge Instagram community because people are like, that seems so scary for people. But then also you figured out how, to, how, how do you do launches on social media almost exclusively when most of the industry is still really focused on, you know, just email marketing or just ad drives, but you really figured out how to activate that social community. And a lot of people ask me this, they're like, hey, Brent, I'm doing, you know, we have some serious players on Instagram here today who were texting me, who they still haven't figured out how to monetize from a community. And so they, they do all this work, but they can't afford their bills. And so I'd love to hear about like, what, what, are, what are, you know, three things maybe you learned about building that Instagram account that really worked for you? So the first thing was that I just did one thing. You know, when I was first starting on social media, there was so much temptation to be doing Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, Instagram, podcasting, YouTube, everything. And I realized that I just didn't have capacity to do that if I was going to do one, like something I wanted to do really, really well. And I decided Instagram was going to be my thing. And at every step along the way, there were so many times I'm like, you know what, I'm leaving like so much on the table by not having a podcast, by not having a YouTube channel. And slowly and surely I've started to build those things into my strategy 
But for a long time, I simply did Instagram. And the thing that worked most for me was I was so incredibly consistent. Even when I had absolutely no followers, no one looking at what I was doing, I was so consistent and I showed up and I posted four times a day which is a lot of times to post. I was just chatting with Danielle the other day, realizing I've personally overseen or created over 7,000 posts on Instagram. And a lot of them are very, very unique. We don't, we do a bit of reposting, but that's only in the past kind of six to 12 months. Since 2014, it's been very, very original content. So posting wow. four times a day and getting really consistent there was the first thing. Um, and being willing to show up when absolutely no one cares or no one's clapping, no one's sharing, anything like that. The second thing that I think I did really well was my community not only saw themselves in my content but they felt themselves in my content and if anyone wants to know what I mean by that just check our Instagram when you look at a quote it is not just a quote that you've heard a million times it's a quote that probably sums up how you're feeling today how you're feeling overall how you felt and you've been scared to tell anyone else about that or how you want other people to know you're feeling but you don't want to say it yourself and when you connect to that emotion people feel like they belong because they do i'm able to put out content like that because i really truly understand um how how these women are feeling because I'm feeling it too or I've been there on their journey and that is how I discovered viral content it was not something that I was intentionally trying to do I didn't have a formula but I started to realize especially when I put content out there that really summed up how someone was feeling but they didn't have the words to say it or they didn't want it to come out of their own mouths they would share that content and it would really sum up for the people how they're feeling whether that's you know they felt like they weren't supported by the people around them or they felt like they were looked down upon for their ambition or they had shame around being bossy or whatever it was that really connected with them that was a massive um reason that we've been able to do that and then the third thing before we get on to launches i just just want everyone to write that down by the way sum up how people are feeling i mean that's profound i mean jay mentioned this yesterday too about making viral videos it's about how they feel after the video and i just feel like that's something so missed in both connecting with people and building a community it's missed in I see it all the time in copy it's missing. I see it on sales videos always missing. If you're not speaking to their feelings, you're not speaking to them. And to, the better that you do that, and I can take a page from that note because I'm more philosophical in how I think of the world and how I, I write. But I notice that too. When I tap into the feeling, it's a whole different result. So A, it starts with you knowing yourself and being self-aware to recognize your feelings and, and have that emotional kind of knowledge of yourself, but then asking the question and listening to what people are saying. And that will really resonate when you do that. Because I, I, I don't, I think sometimes Natalie, people think what you go with boss babe is like magic. But when you break down the magic, you're like, she's talking to people on about how they feel guys. It's magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and often, you know, when we get so caught up in our own emotions and feelings, we're like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm frustrated. I'm X, Y, Z. And we're not spending the time to go that nine levels deep and understand, well, why am I feeling this? If I had to put a word to that, what, what is it? And so when you do that work with someone, they look at it and they're like, oh my God, I didn't even know I was feeling, but yes, this, this is exactly it. And that's been really, really powerful for us. And if I was to say our secret, it was doing that four times a day. And the third thing, like I said before, getting into launches is one mistake I do see a lot on social media is when people might be selling, they're selling so many different things um, that their audience kind of ha- has whiplash and they're not really sure what's next or what's coming or what what they do. And one thing that I think we did well from the beginning was we just kept it really simple. That was just one way to kind of join the community. There was there was not much else apart from that. There was one thing. And we just kept talking about that one thing over and over and over again. And it would be amazing how I could talk about this one thing for a year and someone would still say, wait, what is that? Because you you think because you've grown up and said it that they know. And so if you're doing that, especially in the beginning of building your community, if you're just constantly sharing new offers, new things, new trainings, people can often get 
pretty confused about what to do next or what how to take the next step with you. And really on social, you just want to be saying very simply, you know, this is my free content. And if you want to take the next step, then this is what it looks like. And it might be joining an email list. It might be joining a membership, a flagship program that you have, your text list, but just keeping it really simple so people know what the next step is and having that top of mind. That's what yours is, Natalie. I think so that people can conceptualize like, Okay, keep it simple, kind of have one offer. What what does yours look like so people can visualize and and conceive of their own offerings? So our one offer is our membership. So our membership is for female entrepreneurs looking to connect with other women and build and scale their businesses. And it's a really low-end offer. So even if someone's just coming in as a follower, it's a pretty short journey from follower to client because it's not a big jump for them to sign up. It's not a you know a thousand dollar product. They, we don't necessarily need to have them on a webinar or in a full sequence. If we are sharing a ton of value and then we give them peaks inside of what we're doing and we just keep repeating over and over that this is the next step, that's what it looks like. So that was what we started with. And we did that for a really long time. Like I'm talking, we just did the membership probably two years, just that one thing. Even when so many of our clients were like, what's next? We want the next step. Um, And then we listened to what our audience wanted and they were asking for, you know, a more intense curriculum, a a community that maybe had more support in it than the membership did. And, And so then we built a program and we launched that in the back end. So we weren't necessarily going out on social and using social media as a testing ground, which I do see a lot. Like, let me test organically before I go to ads. I think why not test with the audience that you've got, the community you've got. Uh, figure out what that looks like and then for us we if we're going to do organic we're going to really go organic and do it to the best of our ability and then we use paid for retargeting and making sure that if someone clicks on something that they continue seeing us and we can build that relationship um but when we introduced the program then we introduced a webinar and i still think webinars are an incredible way to sell low-end programs they have been for us especially if you have that audience on social media because again it's an easy next step and they know the difference between this one thing you've been promoting for such a long time and this next step and then when you're on there you get to explain a bit more about the mission behind your account like okay you're following me on social but why what what do we stand for why are we here so regardless of whether they purchase or not they're building that relationship more with social and we tie our instagram into everything we do whether it's webinars email sequences challenges facebook groups like all the marketing things we tie our instagram in Um, and so people aren't just passively following our instagram account they have that connection because they understand our story behind it it so then we'll probably invite them but we don't do a ton of like direct calls to action on social it's very much like come into this funnel and then we'll do a lot on the back end and it keeps our social clean it keeps it you know a place where it's really high value and if you provide enough value people will want to take the next step if you guide them and showing them what it is so true i mean i think people are always amazed when they actually scroll back through my facebook or my instagram or my youtube years there's no direct offers like pretty much ever the only direct offer is usually hey go over here to get a a a free um book or go over here to get a free course and then it's after they've engaged with that low end or free thing it's from there that we follow up with them with email and dive deeper into what we offer what we're doing but the front end of i mean you can scroll back through right now a year of instagram and not see a single offer in there um and it doesn't mean I won't, you, we don't link to things in stories and things like that. But in, in general, it's because it's clean and because it's like that, it's been organically stronger. But there has to be periods. And I think you have really, you and Danielle have really figured this out with Boss Babe. Of, there's these periods of promotional cycle. Um, there's a launch. And at that launch, now it's a real enrollment conversation on social media where you're telling them what this is, what's coming up why they should do it, you know, highlighting people doing it and, 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 and really pushing towards the deadline. So that launch style that you've been doing on Instagram, can you walk us through how you think of that? Yeah, so the first thing that we do is we share testimonials consistently week on week so that when we move into a launch, we're not changing the content style. And people, what we've realized is people generally on our social need to be conditioned into engaging with something if it's new. Like they're used to engaging with the quotes, they're used to engaging with maybe pictures or videos of us 
But when we start putting testimonials out there and launches, we were realizing we weren't getting much engagement. So we start adding things like that into our regular content. So once a week, we start posting that. So we do things that we know we're going to do in a launch period organically throughout um, the year. Then before our launch period starts, we have a month of pre-launch content. So um, this is very meta, but I'll talk about when we launched our launch course. We did um, a, a month full of pre-launch pre-launch content. So we were saying, you guys, you're going to be in this pre-launch with us because we're launching a launch course. It's all very meta. But for the for this month, we're going to really explain to you everything you need to know about launches. And we just showed up talking about it consistently. And we got really creative with it. So we were doing things like your launch style based on your star sign. So if you're a Capricorn, here's where your growth edge is with launching and here's what you do really well. That content was viral and it was a promotional post, but it was done in a very organic way. Or we did things like on stories, screenshot this and fill it in for your next launch and like, uh, or screenshot this and tell us about your previous launch. So a lot of our ideal clients, they want to shout about things that they've been able to do, testimonials. So they use those on their stories. So again, this was being shared really organically. We were putting out tons of freebies without any kind of funnels or anything on the back end just yet. Um, that was for the, the pre, pre-launch month so that we knew when we kicked off with that hard promo, you wouldn't really, it wouldn't feel too jarring. It wouldn't feel too different. Then we kicked off with I a webinar. As up, guys, I really want everyone to write this down because she's kind of giving you a, such a good roadmap. And what I think you're doing for people, Natalie, and I really want this to hit home, she's elongating that launch conversation. That is so critical on social media to, to just all of a sudden like, hey, guys, I have this free book out or, hey, I have this new course. It freaks people out. And you know what it does? It turns them off and they unfollow. But if it's a conversation over a series of weeks, right, when, when our friends are launching books and you watch them launch books, it's a conversation of literally usually months and leading to a major launch. It's, it's like peppering that something is coming. It's teaching them, as she said, meta what she means is she's going to teach you how to do a launch before she does a launch so when she does the launch you can say remember we were talking about this and then now you're seeing it happen that's all about elongating the launch conversation and every time i failed natalie I, you, you know i failed a lot when i fail you know what i always it's just because i got in there too fast I, I got to go a little more slow, elongate that conversation. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's so key for people to hear today. Yeah, exactly. And really bringing people on that journey, you know, use Instagram stories to set countdown reminders so people can sign up for countdown reminders so that when your launch comes, they actually get a notification and bring them behind the scenes. Like I would share with them when I'm creating content, when I'm doing certain things, if I was doing a webinar, I'd be like, here's how I create it. Like here's the behind the scenes. Here's some of the things I'm going to teach you. And obviously not showing them everything, but showing them those things that are going to make them realize, okay, this is something I want to be part of. And really get it. One thing that I want to stress a lot and maybe write this down too, your energy, obviously your energy is everything when you show up on social, but your energy when you show up on stories is so incredibly important. And if you're not excited about what you're launching, your audience is probably not going to be excited about what you're launching. So before you jump on and, and listen, I get it before pre-launch for a lot of people can be, you know, stressful and tiring and there's so much going on and it can be really tempting to pull out your phone and be like, Hey guys, I'm really excited. This is coming in a week. Just really think about what's the energy I want to show up with. And so pull out your phone and when you jump into stories, your excitement has to be infectious. Oh my God, guys, this is coming. I can't wait. It's going to change something like Like really, really to talk about it. That's what, pe that's what gets people excited. That's going to be what stops them from being like, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore because she's selling. So, yeah. so really just the whole time in, in that pre-launch and in that launch, think about how you show up. And if you're perhaps not in the best energy, use some of Brendan's tricks to get in the zone so that when you show up, you're in the zone and your energy is on point. Enthusiasm matters more than you think. You've always heard enthusiasm sales, but I think this is so important. Now. <laughs> it's so good because you get so wiped out. You know, if you're not taking care of yourself and really thinking through strategically how to manage your energy. Like many of you guys have seen throughout the day, I, sometimes I'm sitting down, sometimes I'm standing up. Like I'm, I'm standing up right now. Like I'm switching throughout the day just to manage my energy over a six hour live cast, right? It's like, right, like I have like bars around here. I have water around here. I have, like when I finish, thank you, Denise, oh my God. 
Like last night, like this huge meal ready. Like I could just go and just like eat so much after six hours of doing this. But yesterday morning, I worked out in a certain way to make sure my hormones were way up for the whole day. Like you have to care about those things because people feel you. And Instagram stories during a launch feels like one of those, oh my gosh, I have to do this. But remember, that's them. It's not, oh, I have to do this phone thing. It's like, no, you're talking to them. You're talking to their feelings and their hopes and their aspirations. So if you're tired, you rally yourself up for them. I really think that's important. It's not about faking it. It's about knowing that you're, you're summoned sometimes to be your best for other people. Sometimes, I mean, I, there's plenty of times I'm tired, but I still show up. I'm like, you know what? Because someone needs me motivated today. They don't need the tired of me. I can be vulnerable and share that throughout certain times. But during certain times, a launch window or during times when they're making a decision to buy, they, they need to know that I'm enthusiastic and I believe in them. And so Natalie's just nailing that. Um, you mentioned some things here of getting people on notifications and enrolling them and showing testimonials. And I hope people are making a list. She's giving the, she's giving you the formula here. What else really works? So yeah, that, that really works. So having them do that, obviously text lists, anything like that, where they feel like they can take the next step ahead of launch. You really want those people, you know, engaging with you, telling you that they're interested. But my biggest tip and I want everyone to write this down because it might, it might be the, one of those things you're like, I'm going to do that and you don't do it. So I want you to write this down and star it because this has been an absolute game changer when it comes to social media marketing and launching for us. When I'm getting into that pre-launch zone, I show up on my stories and I'm like, oh my God, this is coming. I am so excited. Drop me a DM if you're interested. Drop me a DM if you've got questions. Drop me a DM if you sound like the person for this. Drop me a DM always. Not swipe up, not text me, not do X, Y, Z. Drop me a DM. And the reason I do that, first of all, is often when you start selling on your stories, your engagement can drop. And probably a lot of you've noticed this. Um, when people are applying to you, it's MSI, meaningful social interaction. It's the number one thing that the Facebook and Instagram algorithm is built on, meaningful social interaction. And getting people DMing you from your stories is the biggest indicator of meaningful social interaction. So not only are my DMs going to be absolutely filled with people who are like, I'm really excited for this. This sounds amazing. But this story is now being shown to even more of my audience who might not have seen it and might have missed this. So then what I do when they're in my DMs, I take some time, I go through, I reply to every single one. Then I create a spreadsheet and I put down every single person's handle and name in this spreadsheet. And then I put some boxes beside how often I engage with these people, because these people who are signaling to you, they're interested. These are the raving fans in your community. These are your community who need you most. And they really appreciate when you show up and when you show up for them. So I make a full spreadsheet. Then I go on to Instagram feed posts because feeds are just as great as stories. And I say, hey, guys. Something that I'm really thinking through doing is running a training on this or launching this or doing this, like really explaining what, it, what it's going to be. It's not ready yet, but if you're interested, drop a yes below and I can gauge the interest. All of a sudden, hundreds, thousands of comments, depending on the size of your audience, even if it's 20, that's still really, really great. You're going to get comments of people saying, yes, I'm interested. Again, MSI, that is signaling to Instagram, wait, this is a really good piece of content. People are engaging with this more than most pieces of content. Why? Because all you're doing is asking them to say yes. You're giving them a very clear call to action and people like that on social. So your feed post is being syndicated to everyone. Again, I go through and I reply to everyone and I make a note on a spreadsheet of every single person's handle. So the reason I say people might not do this is it can sound really overwhelming. Like, oh my God, I'm going to have a spreadsheet with so many people in. But like I said, these are the people that need you most. These are the people that are really relying on you to show up and to uh, support them. So what I do during my launch period is I get in and I engage with them. I DM them. I go through and I look at their socials. I understand where they're at, where they're wanting to go. And I really, really reach out and I lean on them. And uh, someone just asked handle. So your handle is at and then whatever your name is, I write that down so I can always type it into Instagram and I'll, I'll know where they are. I'll know that profile.
And that is one of the biggest, best things that I've done for really generating hype and excitement around a launch. And what will happen is, you know, when you launch and you've, you're bringing this community in with you and you, it's launch day and you show up and you're like, oh my God, guys, I'm so nervous. This is crazy. I'm launching today. You will be surprised at how many of these incredible people you've spent the past month engaging with are going to take a screenshot, share it to their stories and say, love that this is launching today. I've loved watching this journey, whether they're buying or not. They really become your biggest advocates. And too often people forget that social media is a two-way street. It's not just all about the content you put out. It really is about the community that consume your content and how you engage back with them. So if anyone takes anything away from that, I think that's a really, really big thing. And and I'm often asked if I was starting from scratch with, you know, zero followers, how would I be, you know, still implementing launch hype and implementing strategies? And my biggest thing is this. I would create a community of people who I really know and understand so that I'm able to show up in the way that I know that they're wanting me to. I love that. I love that. Uh, speaking of showing up, like I got a uh, text from one of our friends and they're like, like that they're kind of reminded, like you hear Natalie, this sounds so advanced and so much and you, but you got into this like how many years ago and you met your partner at like one of my events somewhere or like, they're asking me like tell that tell that story because what's happening a lot of people they get so they think this is a 20-year road road map or a five-year road map or something and it does take a lot and and we both share that philosophy of sharing you know posting four times a day kind of thing so it seems like so much but you built you know million person community in how long so I started the Instagram account very late 2016, but I didn't really do anything with it. So it was just kind of ticking along, but like I was showing up, it was just kind of ticking along and I was unsure what I was going to do, anything like that. So I was very on and off with it while I was doing everything else. It was just like a passion project for me. And then in 2018, um, I was starting to decide, okay, I'm going to take this more seriously now. And the reason that this happened is because I had my UK business, this health food company, and then I had Boss Babe on the side as like this community of women that I'm trying to just build and be around. Um, and I, I'm obviously, if you can't tell by my accent, I'm not from here. So I was in America and I got married to my husband. And if anyone's been through the immigration process, you know, it's not so straightforward. And in 2018, I got told that I was not allowed to work in the US anymore until I got my green card, which was probably going to be a seven months process which meant I wasn't able to actually run my UK company legally anymore. And getting my green card was such a big goal of mine that it's like, what, if you think of the long-term goal, what are you willing to sacrifice in the short term? And for me, I was willing to sacrifice that company and the revenue and those things because I knew what I was working towards. I knew I wanted to be here. So I had to stop running that company in 2018 and I was just planning on putting it on pause. And I obviously was still having Boss Babe just ticking along, just supporting me along the way. And I got, I got really depressed at one point in that year because I remember feeling like I just had no purpose. I wasn't able to work. And for me, that has always given me so much purpose, being able to show up and have impact. I wasn't even allowed to do social media, like Instagram, YouTube, like I just wasn't allowed to do any of that. And I got really depressed. And my friend Nick, who I mentioned, Nick Pigeon, she's always been my biggest cheerleader. She was like, you're coming to Brendan's event with me. I'm taking a ton of my clients. You're coming. And I was like, no, I'm not. I do not need to be at a motivational event right now because I can't do anything. And she was like, that's why you need to be at the event because this mindset isn't working for you. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll do it. So I went, went to um, your event, Brendan, in San Diego. And Nick had a bunch of her clients there. And we were at day one of the event and my mind was blown and instantly this fire that I'd lost over that few months just lit back up. And I started to realize, you know, what my purpose was and, and why that was really important for me to get back and start showing up. So that night, a lot of the, the women are going to go out for drinks. And I'm like, hell no, like he said, we've got to be that early. So I need to go get my sleep. I've got to implement all my notes. Like I've got stuff to do. And Danielle, my now business partner was there with her husband. And she was like, yeah, I'm the same. Like we, we're going to go to bed early. Do you want to just third wheel with me and my husband? And we'll go for a quick dinner. I'm like, yes, that sounds like what I want to do. So we go to dinner, we've got our notes. And then Anthony Trucks is doing a workout the next morning. And he was on stage and he was like, the winners are working out. And I'm like, 
well, if I'm a winner, I need to be working out. So I'm like, Danielle, can you please come work out with me? Because I'm scared to go alone. She's like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We just met. So we went to this workout. And after that, we were just inseparable. We just realized that we were so similar in so many ways. And um, I went back home and I was like, this is it. Yes, I can't work, but I can get my action plan in place. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I just realized at that event, Boss Babe is the thing for me. Boss Babe is the thing that I'm going to do and I'm going to scale. So this was 2018. And um, as I was waiting for my visa, I started to chat with Danielle more and more. And I started helping her a bit with her business and um, showing her what I could do. And she was helping me with research of mine. She was sending through so many, so many academic papers, all that stuff. And at one point, um, she was like, I want to invest in Boss Babe and let's do it together. And I couldn't have thought of anything better because I'm, I don't want to do this alone. And so we both came together and that was that. And so in two years, we've gone from... We had a couple hundred thousand followers on Instagram and now obviously, you know, 2.7 million followers on Instagram. I mean, an audience of around 3.5 million. It's just grown so incredibly quickly. And the one biggest thing behind this is just having that clear intention, focusing on that one thing, like I said, and I just had tunnel vision. I didn't do YouTube. I didn't do podcast. I didn't do anything. I was like, I'm going to grow the Instagram. I'm going to grow my email list and I'm going to grow a membership. And that's all we did. And things have just exploded and it's been amazing but um meeting her at that event was just incredible and that event just gave me this fire back it was amazing you know i'll, I'll tell you guys the inside story of this is um i didn't know that <laughs> so uh nick we can mention nick nick pigeon was um and it was someone in my mastermind and someone who i just we loved she'd been to our events and we loved what she was doing and at some point she recommended i check you guys out i think and at some point, I reached out, invited you all down to Puerto Rico with our group. And we were literally, I think, if I remember, I'm like walking up the stairs of like this palatial place overlooking the ocean. And Danielle's like, you know, we met at Experts Academy or something. I was like, or wherever. I was like, what? And then, you know, we met at your event. And I have no, I don't know this. And this is like one of my great joys in life. I just wanted to echo this to everybody here. You're going to make impact and ripples that you never knew you, I, I go to airports and people a couple comes up to me pushing strollers and they're like oh we we met at your event and had a baby i'm like what like that is the beauty of getting to do this work and now natalie and danielle get this all the time with boss babies all around the world who they're changing their lives and you just you just don't know i literally didn't know danielle told me i was like what that's, I mean, here I just was inviting them because I loved and I thought I could learn. And, and you know, so I just, I, I love how the world is so small in so many ways, uh, especially for those of us who are just doing the work, who are really doing the work. Um, now you, th this is a good part um, we brought up with Kenny in the last interview about partners and stuff. You and Danielle deciding we're going to do this together. Can you walk us through, like, how did you think about that? How did you structure it? Like, how does the workflow yeah. So in the beginning, um, so Danielle's background, she was a chiropractor, had a brick and mortar business. So she was like, yeah, I want to be part of this, but just part time. You can do it full time. I'll just kind of be here in the background. So that's how it started. And then it was growing so quickly. I'm like, Danielle, you need to quit being a chiropractor and get out here in LA because I can't keep doing this on my own. So, so then we decided we'd both go full time and we tried the co-CEO thing where basically we both were CEO of the company. We'd split kind of divide and conquer and run the company that way. And it really didn't work to be quite honest with you. It just didn't work trying to split one role. Like things are very, very unclear and we just weren't understanding. And we basically sat down and we were like, let's remove all of our ego from this conversation and just, to talk about what we're each good at, what about what are our individual strengths and how can we show best for the business? And so then we decided I would move into CEO, she would move into president, which instantly gave us way more defined job roles. And that, that's been the most important thing is just having very, very defined roles and responsibilities and KPIs to a point where we don't need to ask each other for certain things. We would we generally know what the other person is thinking. We have enough autonomy to make decisions for each other. And then we'll come together to discuss the big vision and make sure we're on the same page. But we generally work in our own silos. We have our own teams. Um, and it's very clear at the company 
who reports to Danielle and who reports to me. Because what we noticed in the beginning was there was a lot of confusion. Well, if Natalie says one thing and Danielle says another, who am I listening to? Or if I need an answer for this, who do I go to? And just that clear roles, responsibility, organizational chart, all of the less sexy stuff. That's been the biggest thing for us. And then the second thing is therapy. So I, so we sound like a married couple having relationship <laughs> therapy, but it is actually an incredible thing. So, you know, when you're holding space for so many team members and so many community members, you need someone to do the same for you. And so I love having a therapist personally, but for me and Danielle, in our relationship, we also have a therapist where we can go wow. and just have really honest conversations and learn how to support each other, how to communicate in the best way. Because it's like a marriage. You're with this person every single day and you need to learn how to show up and best support. And you need to learn, you know, how to not let your ego go in the way, get in the way when certain things are said. And um, and there's always going to be times where someone gets upset with one person or disagrees with a decision that was made. And for us, having that therapy and having that person to coach us through it has been absolutely invaluable. Wow. I, I, I love that so much because it takes a lot of it takes a lot of guts to say, you know, I, I'm I'm going to share these really, you know, challenging feelings I have about building something that's so impactful with other people. But how proactive too, because most people they'll work five or ten years together, and then then the crash happens. And if they had been communicating a little bit better throughout, would be important. I also want to talk about the mental health aspect of that because you're talking about therapy. And also, because you're women, building a worldwide community of women who you are encouraging to step out with ambition and boldness and courage and, and mission and heart, that you get a lot of blowback and you get a lot of judgment and you get a lot of like, oh, you're like that, she's like this and a lot of that stuff. Like, how do you deal with, you know, the, the doubters, the haters, uh, the people who belittle you guys? Because I see that and I know that it, it always has those do those darts can hurt yeah it can hurt and i think the first thing that i've learned about this is in the beginning when it would happen i would try and kind of suit up and be like this doesn't affect me like hey that's gonna hate all that kind of thing and actually it does and you when your business is so personal you take it really personally and when you're the face of a company it can be or feel really personal so therapy again really having support where you can go talk to someone and figure out you know, if it was a comment made, why did that comment affect you so much and work through that? Um, the second thing is really having compassion for people. Not everyone knows how to express themselves in the same way that perhaps we do because we've been doing a lot of the self-development work. And so having that compassion and seeing things through a different lens. I can't tell you the amount of times that we've had this crazy you know, hateful message through and just a few messages back and forwards. And it's turned into, oh my God, I feel so much better. I had no idea. Thank you so much. And sometimes they just need to be heard. And if you do your work on yourself, then you'll know how to make that person feel heard without getting triggered yourself. Um, so that's really important. Then for everyone taking time away from your phone, especially for those of you that are on social media a lot, it is so incredibly important for me. And there's always this tension between I want to show up and I want to be able to put my phone in the drawer and go out on the weekend and not think about it. So the way that I do this is I often prep my stories for the weekend and pass them to a social media manager so that it might look like I'm showing up at the weekend, but actually my phone's in a drawer and I'm just out getting fresh air. Um, I also disconnect in March this year. I actually went without my phone for 10 days and that kind of disconnection just brings you back to what's real and brings you back to not getting so caught up in the dopamine hits of social and so worried about what people say. And then one final thing, if, if anyone does have bigger accounts and, you know, if something happens where you get a barrage of haters or whatever, really, if you can have someone else deal with it so you don't have to look at it is really, really important. Like if you know what's going on and you've got a pulse on it and you trust how it's going to be um, sorting itself out, if you can pass that to someone else and just not look, that is really, really helpful. So I think it's always going to be an ongoing process. And I think as you get more of it, you get a thick skin. But the more that you show up for yourself and support yourself, the easier it really becomes. Hands down. That's so key. People ask me how I manage that all the time. I'm like, at the beginning, it was, it was always me. And then I think when we hit like, probably when I hit a million or two on Facebook, it was like, I, I can't do this. Because so many comments are all just like, 
even just reading the comments, you're like, hey, you're doing a good job, or what's up, man? Just that was so overwhelming and exhausting. Um, I was like, I got some help. And so people ask how we, we manage that. We have a team now, and they go through it, even on Instagram. Um, they go through and whatever needs a reply or needs my attention, they flag it. So the only time I ever spend on Instagram is when I go in, I look at the flags and those are the ones my team thinks, Oh, this is personal to Brendan or, Oh, this person he should know, or this person they should reply to. Or in other words, there was an elevation or escalation here. It's like someone else is reading and working through all that. So I can focus on the content and the creation. I can focus on the research. I can focus on the communication on the business building side because the way I think about DMs as much as they're personal, so many of them don't need that personal reply because they're not even asking for it. They're just like, what's up, man? Or, or asking a, a question that the team knows backwards and forwards or can get them like, you know, where's my book or I, I want to log in here. So having that support team is huge. Um, Natalie, I'd love to ask you, and I've been trying to ask each person talk a little about a message to someone who is starting on this journey and in this industry and then somebody who is scaling. So it's like that, that first piece about it, just when you think of someone starting in on the journey that you've just gone on, what is your message to them? My message, and this is not mine, but it's focus on one thing. It can be so easy in the beginning to get caught up with so many things that are going on, but just focus on the one thing. I call it your your key KPI. So if you have a coaching business and you're bringing on one-to-one clients, probably your key KPI is how many sales calls you can get booked because you know you can work back from percentages and understand if you're going to hit your goals. If you're maybe doing a course and you're doing it through webinars, your key KPI is going to be getting people on the webinar, getting bums on seats because you can work backwards on your your stats and your data there. So focus on one thing that really is going to move the needle for you and help you get from where you want to where you are right now to where your first milestone goal is. Just one thing. And then for people that are scaling, um, one thing that I would say is it can be really easy when you start scaling to take your eye off maybe something and it starts to decline behind the scenes and before you know it you're on this hamster wheel of trying to keep everything going at the same time obviously your monthly recurring revenue is so incredibly important you want to be able to have that understanding of what your cash flow looks like you want to know that you've got this foundational revenue where you're scaling you're adding another bit of revenue on top and another that's what scaling is it's just like building a brick wall one on top of the other and so um, build a scorecard so that you can understand if anything is getting off track and you can really flag that very, very quickly. So what that might look like if you have a membership and you're going to slowly start introducing courses and uh, coaching or something like that, then you'd have a scorecard for your membership, which is basically just, you know, I love a spreadsheet. It's just a spreadsheet with the key performance indicators. So you as a CEO or the founder can jump in. If everything's green, you're like, good, we're on track. I don't have to worry. But if you look at it one week and it's red, you're like, okay, I need to put my attention on this. And that I think is really helpful with scaling. I think scaling a lot of the time comes down to data and metrics and just making sure that things are really dialed in. I love that so much. Ladies and gentlemen, give Natalie a huge round of applause with me here. In the comments down below, tell Natalie you love her. Tell her you appreciate this because she's live enough. This is all free for you here at Influencer Summit. And that, I took so many notes, Natalie. That was so good. Um, I also have an announcement for those of you. Danielle, her partner, her business partner, will also get to be on Influencer Summit to share other perspectives here too. So we'll learn a well-rounded perspective of these partners doing this. But Natalie, you lit that on fire and I miss you and I appreciate you coming on for these folks and doing this free and taking your time today because you dropped some gold here. I appreciate you so much. 